1: 2020 bringing a biblical perspective on life culture and current events weekdays on UCB's vision radio network find out more at vision.org.au
0: hello and welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the vision radio network remember you can hear 2020 on vision weekdays from 10 a.m. eastern time If you're a regular listener to the Vision Radio Network, you may be aware that as part of the broader ministry of United Christian Broadcasters, listeners have been able to go on a tour of Israel with opportunities a couple of times each year. Of recent times, the tours to Israel have been led by our CEO, Ian Warby, and his wonderful wife, Mandy. Well today we want to talk to both Ian and Mandy about their travels to Israel because there might just be something that you'll find inspiring about a visit to Israel and you might just be inclined to take the plunge and be part of a tour that will grow your perspective on the rich treasures we find in the pages of the Bible. Ian and Mandy Warby, welcome to 2020. Thank Hey, you, Neil. nice to be here. Let's start with uh, you first, Ian. As the CEO of this uh, whole ministry, uh, which comes under the banner of UCB, uh, the challenge of really helping people connect with this pilgrimage that you go on to on a trip to Israel, how important is that for believers to be thinking about? Because I know it makes a big change to your whole outlook and your whole life.
2: It certainly does, Neil. I think it's, it's a natural extension of our positioning statement as a ministry, and that is to help connect faith to life. And as we read the scriptures, you know, uh, we read a Jewish Bible. We uh, serve and follow uh, a Jewish king and savior. And uh, so a lot of what we read about in the Bible took in uh, place in the land of Israel. And we read in Psalm 84.5 that there's a blessing for those who make pilgrimage uh, to Jerusalem. And so it's just our absolute thrill to be able to take Australians to the land of promise, uh, the, uh, the Holy Land, to Israel, and to walk in the footsteps of the prophets and of our Saviour and to allow them to see firsthand and to experience life in the Holy Land and to, to, to think about what it would have been like in the days of the Bible, to stand on the very places where some of the major events of the Bible took place, where the miracles took place, and where future prophetic events are still yet to take place. Mandy, this is
0: certainly uh, not the first time that you guys have been to Israel, and uh, you're even making it a regular activity, uh, even in your own personal time too, to really connect with people in the Holy Land. What sort of a difference does it make to those that you've seen who've gone on tours before, Uh, when they actually set foot into Israel and start to experience the very surrounds that Jesus walked in?
1: You know, it's an interesting thing. I remember the the very first time that we went to Israel, you know, stepping into the land and walking in places that we had read about that I knew was true, but there's something about actually stepping into those particular places. Something kind of just ignites on the inside of you and, that is probably one of the, the greatest delights that we have is we take people with us and they're all excited because, you know, I, you know, I want to walk where he walked and I want to, you know, go to the places where he did all these wonderful things. And, they're, and, and even though that's a, a mental thing in people's heads, when they actually stand on the ground and they go, oh, my goodness. That particular story or event that I read about or what they, th- they might even term it. That story that I read about was not just a story. It was a real event that took place right here. And there's something that happens inside a person's heart when the, the Bible that they read that they have always said they believe in, they suddenly realize, you know, I really, really, really do believe this Bible. I really know that it's real and I can trust that God's word really is God's actual word. And something ignites inside of them. And I remember it was two trips ago, I think it was. We were at the, the um, Galilee. We'd just been for a, a boat ride on the water, which I've got to tell you is just one of the most incredible experiences. And I was in, in the ladies' room. Sorry, I don't mean to be quite so personal here, but I was in the ladies' room. And as I was walking into the ladies' room, a lady was walking out of the ladies' room and we stopped and looked at each other. And it was a gorgeous friend of ours called Loretta who was on our very first tour group. And she had gone back with Bridges for Peace Ministry because they were doing... um some hands-on work there within the Jewish communities. And we looked at each other and, I, and she went, Mandy, and I went, Loretta. And we had this big hug. She's now gone back again. She's actually going back again this May. Something has gone inside her heart. And she's now going back for the third time this year. And then another friend was already on our first, very first tour. She was actually in Israel at the same time. And so many people have come with us saying, I've got to go back because something has just ignited inside of them that their faith has got real legs and feet. And something about going into that land and walking. It's like walking through the Bible, isn't it, Ian?
0: It is. amazing. Ian, let's talk about the highlights because uh, when you talk about that, Mandy, walking through the Bible, uh, those things that we read about in the Gospels, uh, you've actually been there and your feet have been uh, on those same pathways and your eyes have looked at those same sites that Jesus would have looked at.
2: Well, that's true. I mean, one of the great things that we love to do is to stand on the Mount of Olives and to behold the city uh, at the very place where Jesus beheld the city and he wept for it, and to to unpack the things that happened in that location. You know, to at the at our feet is the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus agonized in prayer before he was arrested and taken away to be crucified. As you walk down through the Valley of Jehoshaphat, and we know that that is going to be a future. Uh, location for where the Lord will come and judge the nations for how they've treated his people and and for dividing the land um, when we go to uh, Golgotha and to look at the place of the of the skull and to see the empty tomb um, all of a sudden as Mandy was saying these things are no longer just uh, ink on a white page but you know you can touch and smell and sense and feel. God's presence there, to, to stand at the Kotel, the, the Western Wall, or the Wailing Wall as it's often referred to, which is the closest place that you can get to what was the Holy of Holies. I mean, it's just a retaining wall, but thousands and thousands of people pray there every day for the peace of Jerusalem and to pray for um, the return of Messiah. And uh, there's a real presence there. And just to be in that land, you know, the most holy place of, in all of Judaism, and to understand that there's a real connection between our Christian faith and its roots, our Hebraic roots, and to understand um, the depth uh, and the treasures that we can find in contextualizing many of the stories and many of the traditions and many of the things that we read. We have no real appreciation to actually stand in the land and to see how the people uh, live out daily life uh, in Israel.
0: And Mandy, you have the opportunity to go in and see the birthplace of Jesus in Bethlehem?
1: Yes, we do. Um, I have to qualify a little bit. It is a traditional site where they they say he was born. And when you kind of go in there, you kind of go, oh, really? It's hard to describe because it's sort of been all built over and it's all very ornate and all the rest of it. But when you, you go to a place where you stand near the shepherd's fields overlooking on the outskirts of Bethlehem and you can see... You can see there what the countryside was like as opposed to going into a church that's, you know, all built and ornate. And you see the vicinity vicinity of how close it is to Jerusalem. You know, he was born and then on the eighth day they took him into the temple where Anna and Simeon saw him and prophesied over him as just a tiny baby. Um, You have a very different perspective. It's very hard to describe. You know, millions and millions of, of Christians have lived out their entire lives and never had to go to the Holy Land to have their faith validated or verified. It's you know, you don't have to go to Jerusalem to know that you know God is real. But boy, oh boy, I tell you, when you do stand in those places and you overlook these shepherds' fields and you can you can see in your mind's eye, you know, Mary and Joseph with the donkey. Heading into an overcrowded little inn and having to go into a little cave where the lambing, uh, the lambing caves where the firstborn male lambs were born, and to, you can you can see it in your mind's eye. And you, my my goodness, this is really really real. All these things are real.
0: Well, there will be, I'm sure, people listening to our conversation now saying, you know what? At this time of my life, uh, I could do that. I could go to Israel. I could be part of one of those tours that UCB is organising, and uh, this one that's coming up a little later this year isn't something that uh, people should let go by. And uh, we'll come back and talk about how people can get to be a part of a UCB tour of Israel in just a short while. You're listening to the podcast on the Vision Radio Network from the Programme 2020. We're back with UCB's CEO Ian Warby and his wife Mandy and we're talking about the opportunity that you have as a Vision Radio listener to go on a tour of Israel. There'll be another tour coming up later this year and you can get details about that now. Of recent times the tours to Israel have been led by Ian and Mandy and they've taken groups to the most amazing sites in the Holy Land that make the Bible truly come alive. Ian, on this latest tour, you're going to some new places. Let's talk about your visit to the very famous place called Petra.
2: Yeah, that's right, Neil. I mean, we've been to Israel half a dozen times already, but this will be the first time that we've actually crossed over into the kingdom of Jordan and to visit the uh, ancient wonder of the world, that that rose-coloured city of Petra. And uh, apart from being featured in one of the the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark (laughs) movie with uh, Harrison Ford, um, we, we're going to you know go by horseback in that narrow uh, gorge and then you'll see this wonderful city that's been literally carved out of the rock but it also has a uh, prophetic uh, uh, impact on us because we we hear a lot of people speculate that in the in the end days in the last days when this entity called the antichrist is going to be again persecuting uh, Christians and believers in uh, in the Holy Land, that people are going to flee. You know, Jesus said to to flee uh, and to escape and to hide in the caves and the rocks. And a lot of um, Bible scholars have speculated that this is an ideal place where, literally, tens of thousands of people could hide in this ancient city of Petra. So we're going to get to see that for ourselves, and we're going to, um, you know, meditate on what it might mean for for us as a people, as uh, if it was to happen in our lifetime. We'll be able to go up. Uh, on the other side of the Jordan, up to the mountains, uh, overlooking uh, Jericho, but from the other side, from Mount Nebo, from where Moses stood and was able to see the, the, the promised land before him, but unfortunately he wasn't able to enter in. And so we'll we'll be able to enjoy those sorts of uh, sights and views, to enjoy the culture, and to, again, just to read the Scriptures and to have the Scriptures unfold and become that 3D uh experience for us. You know, we often say that going to Israel um, is like being in Sunday school for for 10 years, but you're just doing in this concentrated, you know, two-week tour. It's just going to be wonderful. You've got this
0: acceleration happening. Mandy, sometimes people raise a concern about how safe the tour might be, and uh, you guys have seen no evidence of uh, anything that might make people feel unsafe.
1: No, no. Um, The first time we went to Israel was in... 2008. And it was in 2008 um, that there was a little bit of tension, um, but we were completely, utterly safe. We saw nothing at all. And each time that we have been to Israel since, it almost feels a little bit more relaxed each time, doesn't it? And this, uh, it was in um, last November was when they had Operation Pillar of Defence broke out. And there were a couple of rockets that got lobbed uh, that hit near Tel Aviv and one near Jerusalem. Uh, we were in Israel when that happened. And had, had we not seen um, a headline, we wouldn't have known that it was going on. So, you know, people were saying, oh, are you OK? OK. We didn't even know that it was going on. It is one of the things we've discovered is that Israel knows exactly how to defend itself, and they do it very, very well. And I think one of the big lessons that I have learned from observing the Jewish people, when I've you know looked back at their history of how many times an enemy of some sort during their you know three and a half thousand plus year history, is that they just keep on keeping on. They will not allow um, any enemy to stop them from living their lives. So they go about their business. They take care of themselves. They protect themselves. They take all measures. But it's a very, very safe place. I would go so far as to say that I feel safer walking through Jerusalem than I did walking through Manila when I was in Manila or walking through Jakarta when I was in Indonesia.
0: And Ian, of course, uh, the millions of pilgrims from around the world that are arriving in Jerusalem, that's testimony in itself that uh, even if there was word that there could be some sort of threat, uh, it's not stopping people from going
2: because this is a significant part of their life. It certainly is, and it's not only beneficial for the Jewish people but also for the Palestinians that uh, that live in Israel and the Arab community. They all rely heavily on tourism. They all rely on the goodwill that is uh, nurtured, and that's one of the reasons we go. We want to go to stand in solidarity, to let them know that we, we love them as a people, that we're praying for them. Um, we're encouraged in Scripture to provoke um the Lord's people to jealousy because a lot of them are still blinded. They still haven't quite recognized that, that Jesus is the Messiah. Um, they're still waiting for him to come. And so we are, are wanting to provoke them to jealousy and we do that through good works, through, um, being there, being there as, um, their friends in, in times of uncertainty and when there's tension on and, um, and to let them know that we're praying for them and that we, that we're for them. Uh, One of the things I love as an Australian is to know that Australia in 1947 was the first country to vote in favour for the establishment of Israel as a nation. Uh, There was 33 nations that voted in favour and Australia was the first cab off the rank. And I just love that. I think that's just great. That's a wonderful part of our our Christian uh, legacy and, and our heritage that we have standing with Israel.
0: There certainly is a solidarity between Australia and Israel. Now, you're on the current tour that's coming up. Uh, it's too late to get on that one. But for listeners who are saying, well, you know what? I'd love to go to Israel. I'd like to be part of a UCB tour. How's the easiest way for them to make contact?
2: Yes, the, the easiest way is to uh, go to our website, which is the W's Israel tours.ucb.com.au. Uh, there you can find out all about the up-and-coming tour, which will be in October. I think it's October the 17th. And uh, we'll be doing two weeks in Israel. And the extension tour from that is also to Turkey, where we'll be seeing uh, some of the seven churches mentioned in Revelation and going to Gallipoli, again, making um, connection with our Anzac roots there in that part of the world. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, that's October the 17th. And uh, it'll be about $5,000 Uh, for the the main tour. And for those who want to go on to Turkey, it's going to be about $2,400. And Mandy, just quickly, uh,
0: those who are going on the tours, uh, single people, couples, uh, is it something that if you are single that you can feel confident to travel with the group?
1: Absolutely. Probably half our tour numbers, sometimes maybe even a little bit more than half, is made up of single people. And they generally um, just share rooms, or you can you, you pay a bit extra if you wanted to have your own room as a single person. Um, but yeah, singles, married couples, parents and kids. You know, when I say children, I mean probably teenage children, older children, not smaller children. It's a bit, it'd be a bit tiring for smaller kids. But yeah, it's very it's 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 accessed by pretty much everybody. Older people. We had on our very first tour, we had a gorgeous gentleman who celebrated his 86th birthday with us. Right in Jerusalem was great
0: well let's uh, make contact if you'd like to go and be a part of those tours uh, you can also get a link to those sites we've been talking about at vision.org.au
1: like what you've just heard there's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au and remember Vision is listener supported your donation of any amount will help us continue
0: connecting faith to life learn more or donate today at vision.org.au